Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. This is Ash, and I am joined once again by my wonderful co-podcasters, Jimin. Hi, guys. And Nat. Hey, how's it going? This is part two of last week's episode. Uh, As usual, we got to talking, and we are really trying to shorten the episodes, you guys. We are. So (laughs) we have split it up for your listening pleasure. And FYI, if you hear any unusual sounds in the background, we are, at least in my side of America, are currently feeling the effects of Hurricane, who is it? They've been calling it on uh what's the whatever the CNN is. They've been saying Isa East. But yeah. it looks like Isaias to me. But okay. <laughs> well yeah. <laughs> it's a hurricane, so you might hear a little bit of thunder here and there, but it's not too bad. So just just for your personal knowledge. But before we pick up where we left off, does anyone have any news that they want to add just off the top? Anything that has happened after last week's show that you think we should talk about or mention or anything related to last week's show? Just want to get it all out there. Nope. All right. Well, let's start off with Top. My beloved Bingu Top is being himself again. Those of you who follow his Instagram know that he often posts a lot of nonsense on there, but this was actually pretty funny. He recently uploaded a video of Blackpink's How You Like That with his face superimposed on Jenny, Lisa, Jisoo, and Rosé. And this actually made me miss him a lot. And it made me miss his acting because it made me remember the Big Bang dramas that they used to do, like making fun of TV shows like Boys Over Flowers and Secret Garden. And I always thought he was like the best part of them. I mean, he's always got that intense, almost like dangerous mobster type of person out like persona early on in his career, like with Iris and, you know, he, his eyebrows used to go like downward. (laughs) Like if you see early photos of like top, he had a very severe look, but like, as his career went on, like he had, you know, he got more a model boy type of like concept kind of thrown onto him. And, Really, he's revealed to all of us that he's just, like, a big goof. So, uh, I thought that the parody was was funny, and he should do more things along that line on his Instagram as opposed to weird, unintelligible <laughs> posts about his furniture and, you know, making like writing about how he's making music, but he's not going to release it and all, all this stuff. Like just, you know, just be funny top. Like, 
and, you know, start back acting again. Korea will forgive you. It's fine. Um, any thoughts on that? The how you like that parody with Top? I thought it was cute. Um, it was, like, <laughs> kind of crazy how his face fit really well. Yeah. Like, I thought it was really creepy at first, the way that his face, like, especially with, like, Rosé and Lisa. It was, like, I, honestly, if I had seen that first, I would have not thought anything about it. Because he looked <laughs> like he belonged there. Uh, and, I mean, Blackpink and uh, Big Bang interactions, I mean... They were inevitable. So, uh, yeah. I don't really it, count it as an interaction. I mean, they are under uh, the same label. So, yeah, it's reference. Mean, they're, they're being referential. I guess. I guess. I mean, I do, like, when, um, what's his name? Taeyang got married, right? Taeyang got married to, what's her name? They did invite Blackpink. Like, they were at the wedding, right? Okay. I think. So, I, I, I kind of miss, you know, YG artists interacting with each other so <laughs> even though it is the wrong ones and you know in a lot of <laughs> our, our minds it, it is kind of cute and fun i mean and it's supportive and you know all that good stuff Top so. is cute yeah yeah i mean i really really wish that they could do things like secret guarding again because that was one of my favorite parodies that they'd done but yeah you know times and all and i don't know for acting they create the Korean public has forgiven many a things, so I feel like they will get over it just fine if he drops something that is just so good that they can't ignore it. So, yeah, I think that would happen as well. So, yeah, he needs to get out of that bunker that he's been spending all of his time in and get to acting or producing or rapping or doing something. I'm sure he's doing that on the side, yeah. at least. Uh, and it's just, you know, something that I don't know what their, the delay is. Maybe they were waiting for Coachella to be sort of like this, sure. this moment. Um, but as we all know, that is not probably going to happen anymore. So they need to get over it and just release that album. Though yeah. with Blackpink releasing it in October, it kind of, yeah, I don't know. Because I thought Blackpink was going to come out in, like, so the summer. I thought their album was going to drop well, in the summer. Well, I thought it was coming out, like, you know, before the summer was going to be over. That's what they like, made I didn't it know mean. they had pushed it into the fall. Yeah, so now that it's pushed into the fall, I I feel like the Big Bang album that we were supposed to get now was probably not going to happen. Because they'll probably try to move it till next year for next year's Coachella. Yeah. So, yeah. I... There's a part of me that's like, if it gets them on Coachella, <laughs> then I would be willing to wait. But if they're just, you know, holding it back because of Blackpink, then I'm just like, whatever. Just oh, I doubt that. It. I yeah. doubt that. I mean, if they like Blackpink is definitely their moneymaker right now, but it's only because Big Bang was like out, you know, you know, for scandals in the army and stuff like that. I yeah. feel like it would be smarter for them to drop a Big Bang album, to be honest, if they want, you know, their stocks to further increase. But who knows what is going on in YG? Because, I mean, management is not one of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're just lucky they have at least two groups that make 
a lot of money yeah. for them. So, yeah, they yeah. definitely lucked out there. So, okay. I kind of feel like Big Bang should, YG should have Big Bang lay low though for a while. Like, I do think they should postpone it because you kind of want to see. I kind of feel like YG, a lot of people have started to look at YG like kind of a fluke success, the same way that they looked at Big Hit for a while because it was kind of like, like thought of that they only had, um, one group that was like really big and like really a moneymaker. They didn't have lots of, it wasn't like they had, you know, I mean, I guess I'm of course talking like post 21, um, where it was just like, they got rich because of big bang and they kind of stayed rich because of big bang after big, honestly, you really can't even say 21 because I, the reason why I say this is because I don't think any other YG group has had the success big bang has. Um, has had whereas I feel like other companies have been able to kind of one-up their second gen success like um JYP is a good example JYP was able to level up with twice and uh SM was able to level up um from Suju and TVXQ and groups like that with EXO um Whereas I feel like since Big Bang, I don't know that any boy group YG has produced or any group at all besides possibly Blackpink. But I guess because Blackpink doesn't have the they don't have the catalog to be able to show for it. I can't include them in this conversation, but I don't think YG has had a group that has able, been able to trump Big Bang. And that can be kind of troubling considering the fact that Big Bang, the members of Big Bang are. Uh, in a precarious position where, of course, you got the scandals, but you also kind of have, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like sometimes when these groups get older, they just kind of branch out and do their own thing or like the members do something different. And it's ne- it's not the same as it was when they first, you know, the first couple of years. And that's just kind of like a historical thing that happens across like all types of groups. So I guess my point is, is that I do think that delaying Big Bang to kind of allow Blackpink to have some some shine might be a good alternative. I mean, I get what you guys are saying, but I also just feel like this could be a good chance to for YG to see if they have something outside of their biggest moneymaker. Yeah, I can see that. I mean... Without going off into a Blackpink discussion, like the thing with them is that they have so much social media presence, but they haven't really proven themselves like outside of Korea, I would say. Yeah, like outside of Korea, at least they haven't proven themselves as as true like crossover successes. So in order for that to happen, if they were actually thinking strategically, they would have to put some effort into actually promoting them and putting them out there and making sure that they do songs that can be played in other markets and things like that, which, you know, would take a little more time than 
you know, say Big Bang, who I'm not sure. The interesting thing about the Coachella thing is it made me wonder, like, what the plan was with them. Because Big Bang has always been brought up as a, you know, oh, you know, they're a K-pop group that could cross over. Like, I remember when Bad Boy came out, like, that was, like, the one song that I started seeing them pop up on, like... (laughs) like news blogs and pop culture blogs and things like that. And people are like, you guys listen to this K-pop group. Like this is different. I think they're going to cross over and da, da, da. And Big Bang has always done so well in Korea. It's been, I feel like it's been a thing where it, you know, they feel like, oh, that's not really a priority. But with Coachella, it makes me wonder. And, you know, the whole thing with Sungri, are they maybe trying to do like a fresh a fresh start or are they trying to ride on the coattails of the how you wave or it's just kind of interesting considering how late in the career careers the big bang is right now so yeah uh we will see you know in a couple of months blackpink if Everything goes goes to schedule. They'll be releasing their new material, and after that, you know, YG will have to have other stuff scheduled. So I guess we'll hear eventually what Big Bang is being, what their plans are. So I guess we will see. Next, it was announced that a bunch of female celebrities would be joining FC Rumor. For a celebrity women's football, that is soccer for us Americans, team. From the picture that was posted on social media and the people promoting it, there uh, some of the fans uh, were able to pick out the idols that were being involved in this, including A Pink's Ha Young, who seems to kind of be at the head of putting all of this together. Um, Gugu Dan's Sejong and Na Young, EXID's Jonghwa, Twice's Mina and Jihyo, uh, Uji, who is a former member of EXID and Bestie, actress Kim Se-ran, and the rumor is there will be more notable idols and or actresses involved in this. Instead of anticipation for seeing these idols, some of them second gen, some that are in disbanded groups, um, for seeing them back in the spotlight, the reception to this was pretty chilly as the FC Ruber Instagram was met with black backlash and had to go private because apparently Korean fans, a lot of them fanboys apparently think that they're either going to as a result of being in this football team going to have sex and party with the opposite sex or the joining is going to lead them down that path and expose them to you know all of this stuff um some interesting things asian junkie Uh, reported that the owner of the club is the owner of a bar and he's a former backup dancer who has a lot of connections in the industry 
Uh, he's close with some cartels, supposedly, named Najanji. And the guy has had some past conflicts with other idol fandoms because he doesn't censor himself on social media. And finally, the club is apparently composed of 58 males and uh, currently 21 females. And the club owner is a famous guy in the industry, so their fans are already freaking out about what might be happening after the football is over. So after the fans start freaking out, Hyung followed up with a statement that they're not going to do stuff with the male members, that they're purely there for the love of the football, and they need to calm down. Uh, this whole thing made me realize, again, just how crazy idol life is. And, like, these girls just want to play football, and people love that idol Olympics crap, but... Oh, no, we can't have him associating with other guys. <laughs> I mean, these fans do realize that they already have spent a ton of time around male, idol, male idols, right? I mean, and they're friends with other male idols. And they secretly date them. I mean, Jiho is not even secretly dating at this point. <laughs> so it's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's really I possessive no I mean like so what are you worried about I mean it's just really possessive and gross and it, I, I find the idea I find everything you just said hilarious in its own way I don't know why it's just kind of funny it's just I mean, so weird these are people that they probably spend the most time with when you think about it so, I mean, it's not you guys. I mean, Sungri, I mean, for everything else you said, he did spill the tea when he talked about how people would send notes and sandwiches and things like that and hook up in cars. I mean, we know that happens. So, I, I, I mean, people just need to get a grip. And it's sad because the girls, I mean, whatever else, maybe they want to be you know, involved with this, you know, influential guy, but they also want to play football. I mean, they can't even indulge in a sport without people freaking out. So. Any thoughts, Nat? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just, <laughs> all people <laughs> freaking out seem like they took health ed with that dude, the gym teacher from Mean Girls. You know, the one that's like, if, who was it? Like, if you date or if you have sex, you'll get AIDS and die or something like that. You'll, you'll get pregnant and die. Like, you, don't have sex you, have sex. you will get pregnant and you will die. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. And it was like, don't have sex in like the missionary position. You have to do it standing up or something. Like, it's just oh, yeah. like the weirdest. <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest, like, <laughs> like people like people that's what it sounds like it sounds like they took gym like they took um health ed or sex ed from a gym teacher who just <laughs> fed all of this information to them and that's what they believe you know um i don't know why but the idea of like Okay, I shouldn't say it like this, but like but the whole 
saying of it is just funny. I don't want anybody to get pregnant or, and die. I mean, no. get pregnant all you want, but don't die. No. But it's just the idea of it. <laughs> That's funny. Just, yeah, yeah, it's so how it's said. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. And I mean, the fact that they have to go on to like, they have to make this, this account private and then like go on and be like, so um, we're not going to have sex and die and we're not gonna like <laughs> do drugs and like have orgies like what, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh i'm sure that there's a lot of stories that they tell these these trainees that um stay with them for a very long time i, I mean if you're, if you're willing to like eat ice for two weeks because you don't want to gain weight like i feel like there's a lot of stories <laughs> that we don't know about that's that is, actually like, a good point yeah. they probably tell these idols like so much like brainwash them from a young age yeah for sure for sure um and they probably have like insider like ghost stories and things like that that they probably share too that you'd have to be an idol to know about um so yeah i don't know let the girls play soccer or football however you want to call it let them play it and let them have a good time what else are they gonna do during the rona nothing so I mean, I, I don't know, like, what do they want them to do? Join a convent? Become nuns? Like, at this point, I don't, I don't know what else they could be doing. Maybe they want them to read books. I don't know. It's stupid. All right. Next up, our favorite industry troublemaker, Han Sohee, tested positive after taking a recent drug test. As we know, Han So-hee was sentenced to four years probation in September 2017 for smoking marijuana with Big Bang member top. This means that she violated her probation and she could face a three-year prison sentence that was suspended, that was suspended for probation. Han So-hee recently opened a new Instagram account and left a message that stated only again. I, um, I can't really force myself to care. I mean, as Asian Junkie pointed out in his report, it's extremely sad that she could spend more time in jail than the guy that ran the nth room. But, you know, that is what it is over there, unfortunately. Uh, but, yeah, she obviously hasn't learned from her previous mistakes. And she's she's still um doing what she's doing. Any thoughts on her? Think this is well deserved? Think that maybe she should be given a break? I mean, I don't know. Some people think she's some great feminist, and she's really just spilling all the tea in the K-pop world. I don't know. She's mm. a polarizing figure, so I don't honestly like care that much about her like I know that some people are like I really hate her guts and stuff like that because you know the whole BI situation and like top and everything um I personally have always just felt that she's been like an opportunist I don't think she's a victim I don't think she's doing it for a greater good I think she's just doing it because she can and her dad's rich and she's bored um and I just yeah I don't know like it is really shitty that she can get potentially more time than like the nth room like ringleader right um or like um kuhara's boyfriend you know like it's it sucks that the the system that people constantly seem to claim um women take advantage of is like 
really, really shitty at actually enforcing things, <laughs> you know, for like male crimes, like a lot of male crimes, you know, the Thunder agrees. And so it's just like, I don't know, it, it's kind of crazy. Um, but girl was on probation. So, I mean, she really should have been careful. Really, at this point, she has no one to blame by herself. So if she does go to jail and stuff like that, I mean, a lot of this stuff is written out for you in your probation, I guess, documents and forms and things like that. So she knew what was going to happen if she got caught up in, you know, that lifestyle again. And she did. So you reap what you sow at this point. Jimin, any thoughts? I don't know who this person is. <laughs> So. It's okay. It, it really honestly doesn't matter. She might be going to jail forever. So <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Next item on our list comes from a Korean Herald, a Korea Herald article about how the Holly wave has actually been gaining prominence, particularly in Japan due to the coronavirus and the quarantine and the wealth of uh, media out there that South Korea is putting out for its fans, its potential fans. And it's basically making the, how you, it's basically setting up a, you know, a newer, maybe even stronger how you wave that is going through Japan at this moment uh just to kind of highlight a few things from the article um it mentioned that parasite and korean dramas released through netflix have helped broaden the hallyu fan base in japan and now it's a phenomenon for japanese men too uh it's more broadly accepted uh it's has a broader audience consuming it as opposed to just uh elementary school students that like bts and twice uh also people are more exposed to korean culture by consuming free online content which is lacking in the japanese market due to intellectual property concerns uh and you know, more Japanese people, especially the younger generation, are watching Korean dramas and movies on various platforms because they no longer watch TV broadcasts or read newspapers. And some say that many Japanese think Korean content is just more entertaining than that of their own country. Uh, a radio DJ from Kobe, Japan, um, named, and I apologize for the pronunciation, um, Kyoko Hamahira, uh, she said that some Japanese still prefer Japanese music and feel more intimacy with Japanese stars, but when it comes to skills and talent, it is obvious that Korean performers and Korean content are way better. Once Japanese people see well-trained K-pop bands or watch Korean dramas, they find it difficult to watch Japanese dramas or listen to Japanese music. Korean culture is no longer a boom or a subculture in Japan. It is mainstream. 
Of course, there is a group of people who are not open-minded to Korea. They don't watch and see Korean culture. But the third wave was so powerful this time that these radical people find it difficult to spread hatred about Korea. If Korean entertainment agencies continue to create such quality content, I think no one can stop Hallyu. Now, that was her statement, uh, which is interesting, considering that, I mean, Japan is still, like, what, the second largest music, you know, market in the world, and then you've got people there, like, no, Korea's market is way better. But, on the other hand, we... I, I don't know, I think it's an interesting thing. I mean, Korea is kind of at a point right now where they've got they are getting more mainstream attention, but it's still seen as like a fad. I they don't have that establishment, at least not with the music. Um, and it's still just the K-pop aspect of it, right? I mean, Korea music industry, just like the Japanese music industry, has way more genres than just pop music. Um, there are artists that span any number of musical genres, and they are, you know, I think you there's an argument to be made that they deserve to get recognition as well, um, especially if they're looking at this whole, you know, as people are making a huge deal about this being... Um, you know, their way of making the country more prominent with this this kind of soft, what is it? Is it called soft diplomacy? Is that the term? Soft power. Soft power. Yes, soft power. Um, and using this as a means to make the country more uh, relevant. But you still need to give people a, a reason to say, hey, you know, Korea's output really is, you know, something that deserves a seat at the table and we need to give them their recognition for, like, having all of these great movies and music and dramas and whatever else. Um despite the fact that their market is way smaller. But, yeah, I found that interesting that you've got the younger, and I feel it probably is the younger sector of fans that are thinking that, wow, like, Korea's stuff is way better than ours because I feel like most fans of Korea content go through that at some point. I mean, that's kind of the reason why you get into it, right? Because it has something that you're missing in your own native media. So you go to someone else's. I don't know. I'm rambling. But what did you guys think of the article? Oh, I definitely, uh, as to your last point, I definitely agree that I feel like um, people do go to content outside of their native language or outside of what's being produced in their home country. Because, like you said, there's something missing. Um, they feel like there's something missing in their country. Um, I, I feel like it's really interesting 
um, to to hear this perspective from a Japanese person. Um, in my personal opinion, I don't know a lot about Japanese dramas, um, but in my personal opinion, one of the single greatest pieces of entertainment, of culture, um, and all of the categories therein comes from Japan, actually, not even South Korea. And I, so that's why I, I, I'm very compelled by, I love Attack on Titan, of course, and I think that there's a lot of compelling um, Japanese media. So it's very interesting to hear that perspective that um, Korea offers something better, um, especially since, for example, when I watch K-dramas, I'm really never <laughs> interested. I'm gonna be real. Like I don't. I, there's not a lot of K dramas that I feel the acting is just you know outstanding and phenomenal. I've never felt that way. Uh, to be fair, I haven't watched a lot of live action Japanese movies to or Japanese dramas to, to be able to say the same. Um, but I have watched a lot of movies from different cultures, and I would say like they're equally yoked to me. I think that every country has every country with a prominent um film industry has something to offer and in terms of japanese in terms of music of course i, I like k-pop i'm familiar with k-pop i'm not that familiar with j-pop but the things that i do hear especially like a lot of anime osts which of course come from which of course are mostly in japanese i feel like they're not bad i feel like they're it's not like it's just this huge talent gap, you know? So it's funny to hear. And when I compare it to, when I compare other cultures to, for example, my own culture um, and compare it to the things that are going on in the United States and the, the, the entertainment industry here, I, I feel like it's, there, there are some things where I feel like each country kind of has its um, merits that, that may, uh, make it better than the other countries, make it better than the other countries' media in a, in a certain way. I think, for example, you know, with the, with South Korea, their entertainment industry seems to be a lot more serious when it comes to training talent. Now, does that training always turn into, uh, is, is that training always successful? Not necessarily, but there is um, a seriousness to art for them. And, I think that, you know, you can contrast this with like the SoundCloud revolution, which is like, you know, for a while there was just like music that kind of was coming out of nowhere because everybody thought that they could make music. If they, if you just have a SoundCloud, you can make music. So I don't know. I, I think it's a really interesting hearing about like the third wave or like the, the, the Hollywood wave. Um, because I just, I, I just don't, I, I wouldn't have expected it. Um, and, and I would, I would have honestly expected much more pushback um, just because knowing the, of course, the history between Japan and China, but I don't know. But what do you, what do you think, Matt? I think that the highway wave as it is sort of correlates in a lot of ways to how big certain things in, in K-pop is. You know, like, um, like the first sort of like big Halu wave was through dramas, and and like with K-pop with Boa, TVXQ, Super Junior, Girls Generation, and then like EXO, I guess, would be sort of like the second part of it, and now the third is like BTS, because those seem to be like the, the the points of it, like the epicenters of of those moment of those moments and those 
movements. So um, I'm not surprised in that sense, um, especially with, you know, the amount of tickets they sell for dome tours and things like that and how big, you know, Icon, like, wasn't in Korea for so long because we're constantly touring in Japan and making so much money doing it, you know? Um, so I'm kind of not surprised in that regard. As somebody who does watch dramas from Japan and Korea and, like, Chinese dramas and Taiwanese dramas and, and you know, things like that, I will say that, like, the K-drama aesthetic of perfection and sort of like the by the number storytelling is very comforting in some ways and it's really nice to look at so i can see why people um sort of gravitate towards it now i do know that a lot of people who have been in dramas for a while do fall off of them um because they do get boring after a while and i feel like to the like I can only speak for like myself and actually like a ton of people. Cause I think I did put this out on like the, tw on the Nyan Twitter, but like boys over flower was like a lot of people's first drama. And if you know anything about boys over flower, like that is the craziest banana story that you'll ever read. Like I swear to God, like almost every episode, something just batshit cray was happening, you know? Um, and I think that was the appeal at the time, you know? And that was kind of like the way storytelling was done and, and now it's just, it's, it's mainly gotten really boring, to be honest. I, I definitely don't watch as many dramas as I used to watch. Like right now I'm only watching um, It's Okay Not To Be Okay. Uh, as And that seems to be like a really popular one right now. But even with dramas that, being... Pause really quickly. That's yeah. a Korean drama? Yeah. I thought is. that was a, uh, an American Netflix drama with uh, Beverly. Bev from It. No. No, it's okay not to be okay. Yeah, it's it has different names, but on Netflix it's called It's Okay Not to Be Okay. I think in Korea they wanted to call it like Pretty But Psycho or something like that. Like there were like a lot of different names for it, um, but on Netflix it's called It's Okay Not to Be Okay. So oh, okay, a Wait, lot I of a, I got it mixed up with I am uh, not okay with this. Oh, okay, Sorry, <laughs> no problem. Um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, I'm talking about Netflix. There is like a lot of more accessibility with dramas and, and anime and all of these Asian sort of like cultural things. But, and honestly, like also too, with like Bollywood and, and Hollywood and things like that, there's just so much more access. So I can see also too, how that allows people to see things, um, to consume things at larger quantities. Um, and then on top of like, you know, staying culture for, for K-pop is just built that way where, you know, it's all about consuming as much as you can, you know, regardless of the cost, regardless of how much time you put into it. So that is really built on the idea of you sort of sacrificing yourself for that group. So I can see like why that, you know, kicks off the way that it does. And as I said, like the idea, like the polishedness of K-dramas is very appealing to a lot of people, you know, like pretty women, attractive men, you know, but nothing, no one is too threatening to look at. Nobody's too real, I guess, to look at. Um, it's all this like idea of a fantasy. I think Korea, what Korea does maybe slightly better than Japan. No, actually, I do. I do think what they do better than Japan is they sell the idea of a fantasy. Whereas Japan, I think, is really, really into selling fantasy, but also like reality and like the reality you don't even want to talk about and you don't want to think about, but it exists. They also are really good about like being very honest about that. Like I watched a drama like the other day called uh, My Husband Doesn't Fit which is a Japanese drama. Oh, yeah. So, so I've it's heard of like, that one. 
Yeah. So, I mean, Jap- Japan, I think, is, is, I like, like, okay, so one of the things that I did sort of like fall out of love with about Korean dramas is that it was too perfect. And that's why I actually did yeah. turn to Taiwanese dramas. And I really love Taiwanese dramas. But like, Me everybody too. looked like real people. Like, and that's the thing. Like, K dramas, I think that's what's kind of uncanny yeah. about it. Like, everybody is super attractive. And it's like, this isn't real life. Like, that's no. not how people look. This girl's supposed to be poor and she has like, you know, expensive clothes and she always, she never wears the same thing twice. Like, no. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. And like, honestly, that whole like, you know, two mouths pressing up against each other for five seconds and then like her looking startled, him looking unsure. Like, it, it was very uncomfortable. I don't know. Like, the whole thing just doesn't really work for me that much anymore. So uh, that's why I did move away from there. And I do watch a lot more Taiwanese and I, I've been into more Japanese stuff. But I do agree. If I had to say like the single, like um, like non-Western um, sort of genre or whatever that I've fallen in love with that has like, and that I've always been in love with and I will, could probably always be in love with is anime and mangas. Like those are like the top things for me. And I feel like Japan just does so much things better than Korea. Um, but you the know, the greatest show of all time came out of Japan. That's all I have to say. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, for me, so many great shows have come out of Japan. So, uh, and, but I mean, with the music, you know, you did mention that they train longer. And I think that there is something a bit more designed for, mass, yeah, like more for mass consumption. I feel like K-pop is this capitalist like dream. And I yes, think, it re- and, and I think it's like, you know, McDonald's fries, like really addictive. Um, maybe, maybe they sprinkle some like crack on it and that's kind of why it's so addictive um, but it's also like really manufactured to be Iromi to for you to love it for you like to like want to really, be in it yeah I feel like it's really fickle too though because yeah. it, as much as it is like manufactured for the masses it's like falling out of love with k-pop is really easy oh absolutely and like yeah. this year I can't even think of anything like I can't think of like more than three songs and we're in august that i actually do go back to that were title tracks you know for right and i feel like depending on like what era what stage of k-pop you came in at like if you came in like in 2005 you're probably completely done (laughs) like you're not really feeling what's coming out now because it goes with the trend so much i feel like there is no consistency within most groups like if you go to when you think of like, there's like maybe one or two groups. When I think of that group, I think of an automatic sound that comes to my mind. Let's say Jackson 5. You think mm-hmm. of a sound. When you think of Coldplay, you think of a sound. But when I think of, for example, Mamamoo, I can't think of one exact sound that's uniquely theirs. It's like they change so much and they go with the trend so much that it's hard for me to go, this belongs to this group. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't mean K-pop as a genre. I mean like the individual groups and artists that represent K-pop. I think for me, what I both like and I don't like about K-pop is I feel like it doesn't have a lot of depth. And I don't think that for the most part, there's anything engaging about it. Um, And I say that like, like, because as I said, like, 
it's something that I both love and hate. I love it because pop music doesn't have to be deep and I don't really need it to be deep. I just need it to be like fun, you know, something I can listen to at the gym and, you know, when I'm in a good mood, whatever, that's like, that's what I like pop music for. Right. Like, and when I'm, when I say pop, I don't really just mean popular music. I mean like the pop group sound, you know, like NSYNC, Britney Spears, Christina, you know, like the Saturdays, things like that. But what I mean when I say that I don't like it is that like, for me, if I need something that is like a little bit deeper um, or you know, like, or if I'm looking for like, I'm not trying to be rude, but like real artistry, I don't turn to K-pop for it because it's, that's not what it's there for. It's not there to make groundbreaking music. It's, it's there to make money, you know? So I feel like with K-pop, like I get the appeal, I get the addiction, I get why people fall into it and like people love it for years and stuff like that. But I also understand why people fall out of it. And like not even talking about stands and fans and fandoms and all that stuff. Like just the music itself. Like yeah, I don't know. It's just it's 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 I think this is something that could be like its own like mini sode. <laughs> because it is like there's so much look so at my comment in the chat. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. See, there you go. Um, but yeah, in terms of like Japanese people, like especially younger Japanese people falling into K-pop stuff, I can understand it. I mean, like it is more polished than a, what a lot of the Japanese um, products that they are offering. It, it It's a good way to fall into like a fantasy world and just forget about your real life troubles. So it definitely is something that I could see Japanese people, you know, seeing a difference between their content and Korean content and wanting, you know, maybe to do, to listen to or watch more Korean content. Um, and especially like, you know, if you're a guy who wants to look at pretty girls, you know, cause they're very polished, you know, and if you're a girl and you have like, you know, this, this idea of beauty that you want to aspire to, you know, like you do have a lot of that in the dramas and in the K-pop um, that you could kind of aspire to. And like, they are farther away from the Korean Japanese, you know, historical conflicts than their parents are. And then their grandparents are. So, you know, the, the farther you away from, you are away from something, the more you're able to be like, well, it never happened to me. So I don't care. Or did it ex actually exist? You know, like it's, it, it's like a degree of separation in that way. So I can see why, you know, Japanese youth, you know, are, are sort of, okay with consuming it and like you know it's like the chinese youth who were like pissed when things um started falling apart between korea and china because that meant that there was less touring that meant there were less chinese releases and you know having korean idols do chinese dramas like yuna was doing like those are things and they make a lot of money and they're really popular and it, it's something that sort of paused all, a lot of that stuff and the chinese youth were like mm, well we still like our K dramas and our K idols. So <laughs> we're going to, you know, figure out how to support them however we can kind of thing. So I think that the younger people in these countries are going to have their own sort of ways of dealing with historical conflicts, you know, and maybe in a lot more soft power ways than, than the hard power ways of before. All right. Well, speaking of, on the other hand, we have some folks who don't approve so much with the How You Wave, with the biggest opponent turning out to be an American politician. 
Instead of focusing on the spread of COVID-19, the crumbling economy, or the racial upheaval occurring in his own country, he would rather raise awareness about the real threat to America's stability. K-pop. This man named K.W. Miller is running for Congress in Florida. And apparently, he feels that K-pop's rise to prominence because of some issues having to do with the president and TikTok and tickets to one of his expectedly, well, unexpectedly smaller rallies um, has made it a target. So he's been posting things on social media, basically conspiracy, like theories about K-pop. For example, last month, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's a representative in our government, um, worked with K-pop agents via the app TikTok to sabotage the president's rally. K-pop is foreign propaganda. Why was AOC conspiring with Koreans such as Jungkook and BTS, parentheses, big time socialist, to undermine our president? president? TikTok is Chinese owned. Kim Jong-un knew? I'm sorry, I have to interrupt because the the whole part where they're like, no, but like the really, the thing that got me was when they said Joe Cook and BTS and then they big time socialist. I was like, what are you even talking about? How do you even know Joe Cook's name? Girl, he's a stan. That's how he knows. I wonder, we should ask him how he feels about long hair Joe I feel like he would like him. Just saying. Girl, you know he do. He's a stand through and through. First and foremost, the fact that you even know Jungkook's name, like Jungkook probably has, out of all of them, he has like the least user-friendly name, if you will, from a old white man point of view. Yeah. Because literally Jim, B, J-Hope, all these names are so much like more accessible. Accessible <laughs> than Jungkook. So this man was doing some research. And he knew that Jung, he's a stan. That's all I have to say. He's a stan. He loves him <laughs> from Jungkook. Um, this and also it's just he, he's funny. That like the the way he wrote it is if it's like Jungkook and the backup dancers. Um, <laughs> Diana so Ross and the Supremes, you know, like <laughs> right, like what? <laughs> it was just so funny. Yeah, and it's a bunch of other like crazy ignorant stuff you know he talks about uh i mean it's all connected to tiktok tiktok and k-pop are destroying the minds of our youth you know what this makes me think about (laughs) it makes me think about how a while ago nct was doing that south korea propaganda show and i was like could they make it more obvious like it just it was so obvious that it was like a whole thing where it's like basically it wasn't about like seeing their travels and their adventures it was about come to south korea and oh, the yeah. funniest thing was they got they got this is what they did girl they got the chinese members to do this show 
like, South Korea is so great that us as Chinese people don't even want to leave. And I was yeah. like, okay, go ahead. A little propaganda here and there, as long as it's, you know, that's, that's safe propaganda, right? Well, it's not like, that's how they use like idols in Korea a lot of the time too, right? Like a lot of them do tourist things. Like when I went to, I was, I used to go to like events put on by like the consulate of Korea, like South Korea here. And like, they would give us like big bang posters and stuff. Like, and I was just like, um, I'm too old to have posters on my wall. I'm sorry. I don't need these. But like, <laughs> and there were all these like come to Korea and, you know, like, topple stuff and like whatever so it like i can definitely see like you know why somebody could believe i don't even think it's a conspiracy at this point i think it's like fact that they do use you know and things like that for propaganda but it is really funny in this regard because it's really just that they were embarrassed because i mean we know that trump and russia are like you know good friends putin is his like master at this point so I mean, but none of you like, let's take it up here. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, so I will rephrase that. So we do know that there are also, you know, theories on, you know, American Russian politics or uh, politicians being close and maybe having the relationship that they're trying to say that um, AOC and other Democrats have with Korea, or maybe just BTS or Jungkook and the girls, as, as he liked to refer to them. And, <laughs> and it's like, you know, nobody really wants to, like, you know, get to the bottom of that or research that. So, like, I don't see what the big deal is. I don't really, like, I think this this whole thing is funny. I think that his tweets are funny. Um, but I can, I can definitely see, like, you know, the deeper meaning, especially with, you know, an election coming up and things like that. And how this could, and like Trump trying to ban like TikTok and how sort of like these sort of opinions are all kind of connected in a lot of ways. So I think that, you know, people just educate yourself. Um, I don't think that um, AOC is uh, collaborating with Jungkook in his group. Can you imagine AOC has like Jungkook like <laughs> as her contact, her first contact and the only contact in her phone? <laughs> and she just her phone. The page. one that is not the fluent English speaker, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Someone like, grabs her really, phone and it's like a cacao talk with like Jungkook. <laughs> Jungkook is like the freaking the the scouts. The sc- <laughs> oh my god! And then the, the crazy thing is too, like linking K-pop, the capitalistic machine that it is as socialist. South Korea is literally like the best iteration of capitalism i feel in the world so for him to say that is like super strange and maybe he was just putting it out there and hoping that it bit somebody you know took the bait and sort of like continued along with it but he's getting like he must be getting like a lot of really negative black for it because i mean i have definitely not heard anything else about him and i haven't seen anything about him in stan like k-pop twitter or anything like that um but he he looks like he's looking for a fight because he was like one of his tweets was like if AOC and her K-pop balloons want to come after me bring it on I am not Brian Mass I don't back down from fights my name is K W Miller I am the boogeyman I am no- Mister Nobody you attack me and you make me stronger all caps you are on notice maybe maybe he was PMS in that day and he was just looking for a fight <laughs> he saw like how 
like regressive k-pop twitter is and was like i want to get in on that yeah maybe so i don't know this is like really just one of those like it's funny every time something crazy happens in like 2020 i always like tweet like who had this on their bingo i mean because i really did not have k-pop is a socialist device on my bingo but you know i feel like somebody should have guessed it maybe i don't know it's just <laughs> insane the whole thing is insane yeah, i feel like ever since um i think the guy's name is graham norton yeah yeah ever British guy. Cook, young cook <laughs> i feel like i what? Did. <laughs> he <laughs> young cook. like he, like he didn't pronounce the j he just said young cook and i'm like how do you look at this name and say young cook white people are crazy though like, okay in that regard because it's like you guys damn well know how to say Leonardo and Michelangelo and Da Vinci and all that stuff. But then somebody gives you a name that's slightly different and you're kind of like, what? That's too foreign. Okay. Next topic. Okay. So basically no. there's this, 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 like, you know, the picture of the dancing pallbearers. It's like, a, like there's a lot of videos on like TikTok and I guess social media about it. And so these, these Korean guys were graduating and they decided that this would be their thing we do when they graduated. So they went to school and they were imitating them. So they went so they they were in blackface. So apparently so obviously this is something that I mean we've talked about blackface on this podcast before. But apparently I mean from what I understand there was some pushback from Korean netizens about this, or am I wrong on that? So Jimin did mention that there were like Koreans on Twitter who were pushing back on it. But mm-hmm. if you look at like comments on like netizen buzz and things like that, they were also people like, you know, telling, you know, that Sam guy that who's from Ghana and he's really big in Korea, like to go back to Ghana and stuff like that, if he feels offended and like, this is not except being for the fact that he's, yeah right? except that he's not walking around in yellow face yeah exactly and and like oh they're not trying to be offensive so how is it offensive and like don't tell us how you know how to treat other people is kind of like their opinion you know like we will do what we want because we're not being racist we're not like white people um i feel like uh, nothing has been further from the truth i, I mean this is obviously an issue that continues to come up. I mean, if you guys weren't racist, if this wasn't a problem, why do we continue to have to have people in your country, people that are prominent in your media, have to continuously go into reflection or, I mean, if they decide to do anything at all or, you know, give some half-assed apology because, you know, they decided that, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, put bronze around my face or black brown makeup because I'm doing this in because I am paying homage to you know that's that's kind of like the the thing right it's like well we're not racist because we're not doing it with bad intentions or it's to pay homage to the to the person or the song or the video or what, you know, whatever it is that they happen to be doing. And I don't know if it's because 
I mean, I think it may be giving, giving them too much credit to say that maybe they, being in Korea, they just don't have enough of the sincere understanding of where blackface comes from, other than that they know that, yeah, it is something that is wrong and that people get upset about, but it's like, well, we aren't doing it to make fun of black people or say that black people are bad, so therefore we shouldn't be penalized for for doing it. And it just makes my head hurt because that's completely missing the point, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, and uh, I mean, we have had many discussions on here about blackface and why it's wrong. And I know that people continue to push back on it because, oh, well, Korea doesn't have the same um, racist history as the West does and blah, 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 blah. And like, oh, they just like white skin for their own, you know, different reasons and things like that. And I'm just like, well, I mean, at the end of the day, they're still mad at Rihanna for doing slant eyes. And I'm pretty sure like it's still kind of questionable if that was actually what she was even doing at the point. I don't know. Um, so it's kind of interesting that they're allowed to be upset about things, but you know, when we say like, don't put dark makeup on, you can pay homage without changing the color of your skin because that is, you know, a factor of oppression towards us. And if you're really here to pay homage and you're really here to honor something, you know, that you've seen black people do, you know, why would you want, why would you then be like, okay, well, you know, we're going to do it our way. If you don't like it, then it's your problem. You know, like it's not, I just feel like it comes across as really hypocritical because you can just bet like if I was going to come up and do like Mikasa, uh, Ackerman cosplay and I, and I painted my skin yellow, people would have a freaking problem about that. Right. Even though she is Asian. And uh, yellow face is something that doesn't exist. You can just bet that they would be very offended about it. Uh, but then you have like these Western dummies who absolutely know the history of blackface and want to be like, well, Korea doesn't have the same historical issues, or you know, they just don't know any better. And like infantile, infantile, uh, infantizes uh, words, um, and sort of like treating. Korean people like their children and um like they they don't know any better like open and didn't know any better and it's like dude they know now like how many times have we said not to do blackface we've been saying it for at least three years now so there's no excuse they have the internet they have the fastest internet speed i've been there i know this so you need to shut your mouth and stop speaking over black people and telling them what to do and telling like, you know, um, Sam to go back to Ghana if he doesn't like how, um, you know, that Korean people, he doesn't like, if I guess he doesn't like the reaction from Korean netizens about like, oh, it's not a big deal. They're there to honor them, blah, 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 blah. And if he doesn't like that, then Sam Okiri can go back to Ghana and like, don't tell us what to do kind of behave kind of behavior reaction it's kind of crazy um but there are a lot of um koreans on twitter who are you know pointing that out and being like look this is hypocritical like you wouldn't like it if 
someone did it to you. So why is it okay? And why are you like getting in your feelings when people are saying this is not okay? Uh, and I don't know. I just feel like at this point, like Koreans have no excuse. They know better. Uh, so either they do better or they just stop stealing our shit. Like don't pay homage to us. Just don't stop rapping. Stop doing R&B. Stop imitating Motown. You know, like stop doing our dance moves. Do, I don't know, I don't know, go back and do trot or something. Do something that's very Korean and leave us the hell alone. If that's, if like, maybe we need to gatekeep. That's maybe what we should be doing. If you're going to be like racist and okay with racism, then maybe we should just gatekeep our crap and be like, well, if you don't like it, just don't do it. And I bet you their stuff will be drier than unsalted meats. Okay. Like not even like no flavor, no texture, because we do start a lot of these trends worldwide, <laughs> especially like black American culture or African American culture or whatever title you want to use. Um, yeah, I feel like that's where the trends are. And a lot of times, and that's where the language is. It's not stand Twitter language. It is black language, <laughs> you know, usually from black women or black LGBTQ plus communities that people adopt and, you know, make money off of and, and sort of gatekeep the people who created it out of, you know? So it's kind of like, maybe we should just start gatekeeping our stuff and, and see how quickly people, you know, get bored on the internet and like have nothing to entertain them with and, and nothing to experience because, you know, all the cool shit is no longer there for you to take and uh, use and then um, use against us in some ways. Like that white woman who's talking about, well, Chow is, what, what did she say? Like Chow was short for something, was, was internet language and that, you know, it, it's free for everybody to use in some ways. And she was trying to like educate people on the usage of the word child. Is that how you pronounce it? Chow? Chile? Like child, child. I don't know. Jay is here. I've never, I've never used it in, in Oh, wait, like, Jay's here. Oh, Jay's here. <laughs> the biggest surprise of 2020. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, okay. Oh, hi. True. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've never used that word ever, like on the internet or in real life. I've never used it. I know it exists and I know people use it, but I don't just see stuff on the internet and be like, I'm going to use it. Like, y'all, I don't use that. I don't say it. I don't really type it. I don't really feel like it's a word that I would normally use. I so have I heard you say y'all before. Usually... I consciously use it if I'm like trying to make a point about something, but in like regular, like everyday language, no, I never use that word. I, I, I don't even, I think I've maybe typed it once or twice. Like sometimes like if I'm on the internet a lot, I'll like, it's automatically something that's in my head, but then I'll erase it and I'll write you all because that's how I speak. I say you all, I don't say y'all in regular life. I feel like 90% of modern day AAVE, I don't use it outside of the internet. Like yeah. I use a lot of AAVE like with my family, but it's usually stuff that's more like, uh, 
I don't even know how to <laughs> explain, but like, uh, I'm going to go to the store. Like I might say something like that, but like, I don't say like, when I be like, chow, I, I don't, I do not say that in real life. Yeah. I just don't like, it's really strange. And even like, um, a lot of just like Jamaican words and stuff like that. I mean, I only use that when I'm with speaking with other like Jamaican people, um, and even I don't use it very often because I sound very Canadian. So, I mean, I don't really have the accent down like, <laughs> like, you know, like my mother or something like that. Um, but there's some words that we use like, you know, first gen that's really regular, regularly used that you don't really need an accent for. And even that I don't really use unless I'm like with speaking to other people who like get it, you know. So it's kind of strange, like the way that people are treating um, well, black culture, like it's this this all encompassing, you know, sort of like jacket you can put on because it's cool and it's trendy. And then, you know, when you don't need it anymore, it's like this is this this thing that you can look down on. Right. Um, but yeah, back to the. Girl, you was way off topic. I know I was way off topic, but it, <laughs> I felt it was connected because, you know, it is a lot of just people taken and like not put respect. Thing, there was a good example right there. Like, yeah. instead of me saying you were way off topic, I said you was way off topic. Oh, Which yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not just words. It's also like grammatical structures. Oh, of course. I mean, it's a language. AV is a language. Uh, people mm. like just like patois is a language people be like oh well you know like it's just slang and it's like no it's not slang because it has structure like their actual structure and i mean like i don't use finna because i actually don't know how to use finna and i don't want to embarrass myself um but i do use it when i am mocking jungkook so i mean there are like layers for these things you know yeah or, 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 i don't know why they <laughs> i don't know why they told that man that that made sense like yeah. <laughs> Every time I hear this song, I low key like turn the volume all the way down at that part and then turn it all the way back up on the like the next thing right after that. Yeah, so the VMAs are coming up. Uh, of course, uh, they will be socially distant. The performances will be uh, done in another stage, another area, and they will be projected onto people's television screens um, without, you know, being in the live audience or anything like that. Uh, but the big news for K-pop fans is that BTS has been uh, invited to perform for this year's VMAs. So I'm assuming that they will likely be performing their newest single that is coming out soon, which is going to be their first, first English single, uh, Dynamite, I think that's the name of it. And um, apparently their company is going all out for this. I read somewhere that they want to send this, you know, to top 40 spins and radio and try and get radio play and all this sort of stuff. So I guess that whole thing about them needing to sing in their native language was a bunch of bull because... Um, oh, I wonder how so much. <laughs> Um, okay um because well at least the higher-ups were like yeah we need you to sing in english so that we can get more money out of you um i do want to just mention to the nominations so we do know like this is the second year in a row that they've had the best k-pop category i think it's the second year right uh and 
outside of that category, the only other group that I think that is nominated for anything, and they're not like major awards. It's like, well, I mean, Best Pop is a big, pretty big word, award. So BTS is nominated for On. And then um, I think Best Choreography, they're also nominated for On there as well. And, uh, but they're not in like Song of the Year, Artist of the Year, Video of the Year, or even, and there's no K-pop artist in the Push Best New Artist category either, which is very interesting to me. Uh, but they are definitely in also the Best K-pop category where they have um, BTS On, obviously, EXO's Obsession, Silent G Idol's Oh My God, Monster X's Someone, Someone, which should win, in my opinion, Red Velvet with Cycle, and TXT with Nine and Three Quarters Runaway. Uh, so they, I mean, I feel like BTS is going to win all of their awards probably. Um, but people are still going to be pissed because they're not nominated for any of like the really big, you know, video of award and artist of the award, artist of the year and song of the year kind of categories. Um, but BTS is performing dynamite and I think they're premiering it. Like that's going to be their debut performance. I think on that, on the main show and MTV is really hyping them up too in a lot of ways uh, for this performance. Like when they mentioned who was going to be performing, um, it's going to be also Doja, Doja Cat and J Balvin, but BTS is definitely the first name that they mentioned. And they do want to emphasize that they're going to be there because they want people to tune in and they know that armies will tune in. Right. Uh, so it is going to be really interesting that they're, you know, going the English route because they realized that there just wasn't any way that they would get on radio um, with Korean. And I mean, yeah, that's, you know, pretty messed up in some ways if you think about it, because, you know, radio is supposed to be what people want to hear, but also um, just because people buy a lot of copies of an album or stream a song through streaming parties a lot and you bring big numbers due to those kind of manipulations doesn't mean that everyday people are that interested, you know? Uh, so I don't really think that people who listen to the radio are people who listen to, or, you know, K-pop, you know, like, like I just don't really see the connection in a lot of ways. Like I just don't. I mean, maybe, maybe in like mall stations, you know, like, you know, H&M and things like that when they have music playing, um, maybe stations like that would definitely work. But if you're talking about like local radio with like local DJs and things like that, I don't really see it in the same way. I do apologize if I'm offending anybody, but like, I just don't see it for it in that way. So I'm not surprised that they would need to go the English route. Now I'm kind of interested in the song though, because I feel like the song would have to be something that's very westernized in order to get people to want to listen to it. Since being true to themselves didn't work. So um, I'm actually very interested in hearing this. What do you guys have to, what do you guys think about it? Jay, Jimin? Um. I really don't care. <laughs> but kind of don't really see it for any Korean artist because even now, if you 
are sort of looking at the comebacks and debuts that are happening now is like very Latin pop. <laughs> this Basito was like four years ago. They're a little late on that train. <laughs> so it's like Despacito is timeless. But that was like four years ago. I mean, that's, that's, that's the point I'm trying to... Yeah. So when Despacito came out, it was like right after that, everybody was having a Latin song or having a, you know, a little Latin pop. Like a moment. Latin. Yeah. So, I mean, that was like the trend at the time because Despacito was making all those big views on YouTube and yeah. everybody's like, oh, what I'm going to do and try and replicate that. I mean, in the song that Shakira did um, with Ma, Ma, Madu... Maluma? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know these Western guys, I'm like clueless about. That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so it was but like. I do see what songs. you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So it's like those two songs are like Latin pop is back at it again from like the 2000. I mean, the little kids ain't going to know about that. But, you know, if you're old enough, you're going to remember like near the turn of. Ricky Martin. Right, and Christina Aguilera, uh, Jennifer J-Lo. Lopez. Right, exactly. Yeah. See, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, I do. You know. uh, and um, what's his name? Mark Anthony. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, but you're not a little kid, yeah. though. See, that's the difference. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> anyway, and, anyway, so it's like now, like the K-pop debuts that I'm seeing now, I was like, y'all are a little late, and it feels like to me, like. K-pop will always be about following trends, but that are like at least two Behind. years old. Right. That is like never anything organic or something that they just do. Um, and I have seen like some comebacks with the group is like people really like it. Like like they found their niche, like their sound, like they got a whole lot of fans. And then their next comeback, they do something totally different. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Your last comeback was something that gave you a whole lot more exposure, got you a whole lot more fans, people paying attention to you, and you just automatically kill that momentum and do some like random ass ballad when you gave us a twerk bop. Like I don't, I don't like t- Red Velvet with um, one of those nights after um, Dum Dum. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just like countless others. I mean, it was like some of like the new goos, like. Um, great guys like i know i was hyping up be with you uh all over you know i was like this is the best song of the year like yada yada and then like their next comeback i was like what is this this is like y'all me real new goo struggle team visuals the dance everything i was like y'all then took 20 steps back when y'all got so forward i mean that whole mini with that song on it, I was like, this is good. Like, this is like, they found their, their kind of sound. And then when I heard their new song, I was like, next. (laughs) (laughs) I was just automatically like, it's not clicking for me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie and support any group that I was like, if I think it's whack, it's whack. (laughs) It's actually really interesting that you said that because earlier we were talking about um, like how they're saying like they're, third Hailu wave is like going on right now because you know Japanese people in um, are are watching Netflix a lot more and they prefer like K-pop and K-dramas and I think Jimin had mentioned how like uh, K-pop you know, like you could get really addicted to it but you can also fall out of it really quickly because it's all about trends there's nothing that's like really co- consistent about it right, right. exactly exactly yeah. and I guess that's the thing 
like the disconnect for me, <clears throat> I guess like with a lot of like these newer groups and soloists is that it's not like they're trying to build a lasting career. It's like they're just trying to do something right now to make some quick money. You know, it's like what Beyonce said, you know, just making these quick little singles and then that's it. Like they're not trying to build a consistent body of work. Or I mean, you know, if they're like trying to study, you know, well, <laughs> I don't know how well they're studying us because... <laughs> yeah probably yeah but also too i think maybe i i wonder if the obsession with youth is also a factor in why people in like these asian industries a lot of the time focus so much on just like making as much money as possible by a certain date because they feel like if you're older then like your career is done and like that's it for you well i guess in a way that's kind of true but for, for me, from what I notice, is that that's not really a focus so much in J-pop and mm-hmm. C-pop. But again, I don't know because of the artists that I listen to. Like these, like Nami Moreau's been <sighs> like her whole life for 20 She's years. She's like, amazing. You, you taught us, same thing, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Kodakum, 20 years. Jay Chow, 20. Jolin, 20. Like these people are like established. Yes, they started young, but... They kept going. They kept building a body of work. And I mean, it's like you kind of know a Jay Chow song when you when it starts. You know, same thing with Jolene. Like they each have their distinct sound. Like with K-pop, it's like like with NCT or Stray Kids, your sound is noise. <laughs> it's like oh my god, I literally was saying that. Yeah, I'm you you y'all know me. Y'all know I just. Gonna, <laughs> that's what you said (laughs) it's just that's what I like now I think NCT kind of found their sound but look how many concepts or like different genres of music they went through already to get to this point I mean same thing too like with Stray Kids it's like they don't have just like you kind of know it's them you know, like with like a boa song, like I could be like, okay, this is this boa that I'm hearing right now. I mean, same thing like with Kira, like they they have kind of like distinct sounds to me. In black, in black had like the Latin pop, you know, like throughout all, at least somewhat in most of their um, EPs or whatever you want to call them. But I mean, it seems like that's missing, like from I guess K-pop as a whole, but more so now is that they see like, oh, we need to get the most views on YouTube and let's just like they're just getting trying to get all these awards but then it's not sustaining their career because okay you're number one for one week and then you're negative 5,800 the next week because yeah. you're not building you know kind of building something sustainable or like trying to look for that longevity I mean and I think that's important that you said like they're like youth focused because I mean a lot of these k-pop artists you know they, they say like they want to get married or like have a family like in their 30s um like that and these you know sometimes they're like in their 20s or you know when they quit the group or disband or they get kicked out or whatever i see like from my point of view a lot of the times is that then they get in a relationship and they get married <laughs> and yeah. they're like not even 30 or you know they're like close to that so it's like I guess K-pop is something for them to do right now, I guess, in a way, so that they can have the money to do something else later. Um, 
into like for some people that once you are in the industry and you see what it's like, it's like you don't want to do it anymore or like mm-hmm. it's too much. Um, I think that's partly like why Nami Omuro quit because it was on the table even before her, excuse me, her 25th anniversary that she was like going to stop. I think it was going to be at her 20th, but things happened. And so, and I mean, she was like an idol since she was like 14. Yeah. So who knows, God knows what she saw. You know, J-pop, it's, yeah. off it's off the chain. If you don't think K-pop is Wild West, then. <laughs> I mean, just look at like, just Google like, was it Johnny... Johnny's boys and you're like you're gonna be busy for like two weeks at least so um exactly I mean that's not to say that k-pop ain't off the chain because some of the mm, mm, (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely absolutely well it's kind of interesting then to sort of talk about like the VMAs and like you know the topic at hand because then there there was an article on Forbes about like k-pop groups that could be nominated for Grammys and people were really mad because BTS wasn't even mentioned in the article. It was like Blackpink and Super M and like NCT, I think, or something like that. And a lot of people had a lot of things to say about it. <laughs> but you can't pick nobody for the Grammys. If they want nominations, they better start selling some drugs, slanging whatever they can slang at them after parties. Not saying that's what Super M and Blackpink are doing, but Honestly, I'm kind of, I'm pretty sure YG is slinging something. <laughs> he has a lot of connections, like, mm-hmm. and that's true. there's something we don't know <laughs> that's mm-hmm. going on with him. Exactly. But I mean, that's like the thing, like the Grammys is like the fans, like, I mean, we know, <laughs> like, think about to Beyonce and Adele. Like, who, like, who was gonna get it? Y'all gonna uh, award the person that had the highest sales or like the more critical acclaim? And they made their choice. And <sighs> yeah, <laughs> it wasn't the right choice. Okay, I'm just gonna say it wasn't the right choice. Like, really? So that's the thing that when it comes down to it, that they're gonna be the deciding factor. I mean, nobody's really talking about Adele's album right now. You mentioned Lemonade. Come on. That was another episode of Not Your Average Medicines. Thank you for listening to uh, the second part of our special two-part episode. You can find us on Twitter at NYA Medicines. And we are also on um, Instagram and Not Your Average Netizens. We have a YouTube and Not Your Average Netizens. And you can reach us at Gmail at NotYourAverageNetizens at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon uh, that we are adding um, some very special uh, content to. Uh, for the upcoming month so keep an eye out for that and what else guys well shout out well no um yeah we're going to be introducing some things to patreon um special content and we will be sharing some maybe polls or maybe um asking for some advice on social media um in regards to what you guys want from us uh we are 
fairly open to talk about things, uh, K-pop, Asian drama, anime, things like that. And uh, we have definitely a lot of interests that we love to share. Uh, so if you guys have any ideas of things that you guys wanted to talk about or want to see more of on our spaces, um, definitely share that with us and definitely um, hit us up. You can hit us up at Gmail, as Ash says, um, through uh instagram and through twitter you can definitely like dm us or just like add us and we're definitely here to uh give the people what they want as you know as long as something that we like to talk about as well too um and yeah i think that is it for me but yes shout outs shout out to k tiger zero Always. we haven't talked about them in a while I miss them. Maybe our next album review could be K Tiger Zero. Oh, we could do their videos. It's, it's, <laughs> you said what? They? they said not their new song or their last one. Mm-mm. I don't know what they were doing with that. Probably oh, trying man. to follow a trend like. K-pop oh my god! I don't know. That wasn't no trend. That was. <laughs> you will need to talk about that. <laughs> well, Rich. Shout out to <laughs> Shout out to Joku for just being fine and existing every day. I haven't shouted him out in a while, but um I'm starting to remember that he's fine. Shout please out to Aaron. Grow your hair out. Huh? I said please grow your hair out. We miss long hair Jungkook. We do, we do. And please stop wearing clothes. Shout out to Aaron Yeager. <laughs> Shout out to Jay for popping through on the pod. Yeah. Um, and that, I think those are my shout outs. Yeah, just, yeah. All of the beautiful people in the world. Shout outs. Just everybody. Except for serial killers. Yeah, and people who don't want to wear masks. <laughs> and <laughs> that the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will go next, I guess. Uh, so shout out to everybody who listens and comments and like keeps us company on, on social media, especially on Twitter. Um, it's always a good time. Uh, special shout outs to all the fans of Seven Deadly Sins. Season four dub dropped on Netflix today. I am currently on episode 21 of 25. It is literally all I've been doing today. Not gonna lie. Um, I love it. I already know what's going to end, how it's going to end, because I've already watched the sub version, like, twice. But, you know, it is one of my favorites, so I love it, and I hope everybody is enjoying it. Uh, shout out to Levi Ackman. Fine. Fine. Um, shout out to Monster X. Come on through with another English album, please. Please, please, please. I beg you, because I loved all of my love. And just shout out to everybody surviving. I mean, please <laughs> just continue um, making it day by day, even if that day is a hard day. Uh, just keep, you know, moving one foot forward and and sort of trekking along and, you know, be safe. Wash your hands. Just because it's eight months in doesn't mean you don't need to, like, forget the, the OG stuff. You know, like, wash your hands. Wear masks, be clean, uh, social distance, be well. You guys, uh, Ashley J? 
I guess I'll go next. Well, shout out to all four of us being back. Yay! Exactly. This rat race (laughs) be trying me, but I'm still here. (laughs) Can't get rid of me. (laughs) Um, Also, too, you know, um, like Matt had said, uh, wash your hands, wear your mask, social distance. Um, You know, we made it this far. So... We can get through this like that. Um, yeah, I guess that's all my shout outs. And I guess I just want to shout out to all of our listeners. I think it was already shouted out, but I'll shout out again. Um, we've got some really great stuff in store, and we hope that you all stick with us through the next few months and beyond as we keep turning out content and hopefully get to do even more um, really, you know, interesting stuff that you guys are you know, asking for. So, yeah. Well, can I just lastly just do one more shout out? Sorry. Sure. Shout out to um, all the Jamaicans. It's Jamaican Independence Day today. And, um, yeah, gotta give a shout out to the motherland, um, or the place of my mother and my mother, mother, my mother's mother and, you know, all the ones before them. Uh, and yeah, um, to all the Jamaicans and all the Jamaican adjacent people, I guess, in the world. Celebrate that. Let's go Jamaica. (laughs) All right. Any other last words? Alright then, well, once again, thank you all for listening and